this industry was very much geared towards women, but I think that now, especially today, we can talk more about how it should be for everyone. Welcome to Everything Aesthetics. Today on the podcast, we have Cody John. He is the owner of Drop Dead Gorgeous in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he is also my very first live in-person podcast guest. So shout out to Cody John for agreeing to come on here. Um, Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, He has had a really unique experience opening his own business as a male service provider in a very female-dominated industry. Um, It hasn't been the smoothest road for him, and we talk a little bit about that. I think he has a really inspiring story. Um, We talk a lot in this episode about being your true authentic self, both online and in your business, and kind of what that journey has looked like for him. And he also talks a little bit about how he's managed to gain such a loyal client base um, by really just being true to himself and being 100% who he is um, in everything that he does. So I'm really excited for you to hear his story. Please enjoy Cody John. Okay, so welcome. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm here with Cody John, the owner of Drop Dead Gorgeous in West St. Paul. Um, He specializes in, what do you specialize in? Lash lifts, for sure. Lash lifts, brow services, such as henna and lamination, and then I also do skincare and facials. Okay. Um, So today's topic, well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit first, like who you are as a person. Tell us a little bit about Drop Dead Gorgeous and... I mean, I guess my first question, it just is very broad and says, what has this journey looked like for you? All right. So talking about my journey um, as a male esthetician in the beauty industry, um, I want to take you back to the start of how I kind of fell into this industry. So for many years, I actually worked as a direct support provider for adults with disabilities, and I was always in a caretaking role, which I really loved, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to really pay my bills at this time. So I wanted to find a career that I could go back to school for, and that would encompass my empathy for people and wanting to take care of people in a capacity that would keep me and my creative mind always working and kind of always something fresh and new and exciting and so it dawned on me that going to beauty school would be such a fun outlet for again my creativity and also my capacity for wanting to take care of people so i enrolled into the aveda institute in 2019 and i did the esthetician program there and had a really fantastic uh school experience and another thing too to note is that when i enrolled in school i was actually 28 years old and a lot of the time that i was there i was insecure about the fact that i was older um, because a lot of the other people who were in school with me were a lot younger than me and i felt like they had more of an advantage because they had figured out what they wanted to do way before I did. But the truth is, is that I had already developed a lot of skill sets that maybe a lot of younger people didn't have. And I was very serious about my studies and my attendance and making sure that this was going to be a career for me and not just a fun little side hobby. So. I took my studies very seriously. I graduated top of my class and with excellent attendance. Um, And then I went straight to work for a waxing studio chain here in Minnesota. And 
I got that job before I even had a license. I seriously went in there and was like, I just want to start working. And the reason why I went to the waxing route first was actually because I love the social aspect of waxing. I love getting to know people. I love hearing their stories. I love just being able to connect and being able to talk, which you can't really do in the spa side of things because people want to relax during a facial. So I worked there for about 10 months. I got a lot of good training, learned a lot about what I wanted out of my aesthetics career and a lot that I didn't. And so that being said, I worked there literally until COVID shut our studio down. So now we're in COVID times, I'm sitting in quarantine and I'm thinking about my next steps. And as much as I enjoyed the educational aspect of my very first job in the industry, I knew that it wasn't an option for me to go back to. So I brainstormed and thought long and hard about what my next steps would be. And it was either go back to that job or it was start something brand new. So I took a leap of faith and really went all in on my dreams. And I started Drop Dead Gorgeous in August of 2020. I had a budget of about $5,000 and I bought a waxing table and it was like a very affordable one that was not very comfortable but it was what i had at the time and you know through networking and through just working super super hard i have now been able to keep a really um, busy schedule and my business is growing by the day and everything is going really wonderfully for me so um yeah, I'm just so happy to be here and so happy to um, be in the position I am right now. I love that. Thank you for walking everybody through that. I think you touched on a lot of topics in there that we could totally turn into standalone episodes, right? Like owning and running your own business through a pandemic, starting with what you have. Like you said, you didn't have a huge budget when you opened your doors, and I think that's something that a lot of independent estheticians can relate to. Um, I get that question a lot, like how much money should I have saved up before mm -hmm. I try and go into this thing? Um, so I think that would be a, a really, really great thing to talk about. I mean, I guess the transition from working at a chain location to working for yourself and the differences that you've found there and the pros and cons of each, right? Because there are pros to working for somebody else. Um, Absolutely, and there's a type of person for each one and you know, it just wasn't for me personally and I figured that out quickly and that's okay. And But there are people who it is for and it works really well for and there's no shame in that game at all, so. I think that there are a lot of really valuable parts of being an employee versus being an employer. Absolutely. So I'd love to talk about that sometime. If I can touch back a little bit more on the waxing chain, I will say not only is there a night and day difference just in how you run a business by yourself and how you are an employee at a waxing chain, but the way that I was treated working at a waxing chain versus my own independent business is also vastly different. When I worked in the waxing chain as a male, a lot of my clientele, I would say 90% of them were women. And when 
they would come in, it's like, of course, I had some really awesome people who were just very open to meeting me and getting to know me and trusting me with their services. But there were also a lot of people who were hesitant or had made rude comments about the fact that I am a guy and I have been called a pervert. You know, I've been asked about if I have credentials to do this. I've been asked so many different things that I feel like a female identifying waxer probably wouldn't be asked. And so there were times where it was very uncomfortable. I actually do remember a specific story, if I may tell it real quick, about a particular client who came in for a Brazilian. They had no issue with me being a guy, but they had come to their appointment with their husband and he was in the bathroom when I took her back. So he had no idea that I was a guy at that time. But I'm in the middle of the service. She's comfortable with me being there. Everything's going well. But all of a sudden, there was very aggressive knocks on the door, and this guy shouting. And he was like, I don't feel comfortable with you being in there, my wife, and I didn't realize you were a guy, and blah, blah, blah. And he was very angry, and he was shouting so loud that everyone in the studio heard him. So not only other oh clients and other artists, but, like, everyone. And then she looked at me, and she was like, do you mind if I just text him real quick and tell him that you're super gay? And I was like... I don't know how to answer this question. I'm not only like super uncomfortable about what she just said, but also about the fact that her husband's literally banging on the door outside. Right. And so I was like, do you want me to stop or should I continue? And she was like, oh no, you can continue. And I was like, okay, well, I'm trying to speed through this as quick as possible. Then at the end of the service, she told me that I should stay back in the room and not go to the front as if I was going to be assaulted. Like you're in danger. Right. I just remember thinking like, you know what, this is my job, I'm a professional, I'm going up there, and if he wants to try it, like, good luck with the police, because I'm not going to be made to feel afraid at my job. Right. You know what I mean? That was one extreme example, but I have faced a lot of people saying and making comments about me and my professionalism, and anyone who has ever met me or had a service done by me knows that professionalism is like what I'm known for. This is what I do. This is my career. And I'm so yeah, that was very uncomfortable. But now that I'm here in my own space, and I have cultivated a clientele base that is very respectful and very kind. And I have never ever been made to feel uncomfortable while in my own space. But luckily for me is that if I ever was, I would be able to give the boot in two seconds and be like, no, I'm not tolerating that. Whereas in those chain situations, you sometimes don't have as much of a voice because the company wants you to make money. Right, and I think a lot of that in those chain situations is about management too, yes, right? And absolutely. And if you're put in one of those uncomfortable situations, having management that will go to bat for you or step up and speak for you or escort that woman's husband out of the building um, because that's extremely inappropriate and mm-hmm. like detrimental to the well-being of your employee like that's on management i kind of feel like yes which we won't go into the shortcomings of (laughs) management right now another Um, topic for another day right exactly which i feel like we have hundreds of but in your own business you are able to be i don't want to say like more selective but honestly that's kind of what it is and i'm the same way in my business and i think that's something that a lot of newer estheticians I mean, when you're new, you need to cover your costs, right? You have to pay your rent. You have to supply your back bar. You you have these expenses that you can't just not cover. So you're when you're first starting out, more in a position of like, I need to take everybody because I need to pay my bills. 
but when you become a little more established, you get the luxury of being more selective with who you take on and who you let into your space, right? I'm a very firm believer that like everybody who walks into your space like brings their own energy, whatever they're going through that day or, or kind of who they are as a person sometimes too. And being able to be a little more selective with who you let walk through your door, I think can have an enormous impact on your confidence in your own business. Absolutely, and I think too through knowing who you are and your branding you can create a market that responds well to who you are as a person so when i started my business it was like bright pink pink everywhere it's saying i'm here i'm loud i'm proud and if you're not into it this isn't the place for you however I have built my entire brand on being inclusive and making a space that's safe for anyone who has ever felt disenfranchised or felt uncomfortable um, in traditional spa spaces. But if you're disrespectful or you are not um, a fan of LGBTQ people or fat-bodied people or anyone who is different than the status quo, then maybe this isn't the best spot for you. And I think that by creating that and being very loud about it, I have been able to attract and draw in the type of clientele I've always dreamt of having. And I have very, very few people who don't fit that, you know, that type of vibe. So... I think that's the other big difference is just being able to put out what you're about and having people drawn to that. And I think the right people will find you and the wrong people will stay away. Which is what you want though. And I feel like a lot of, especially starting out as a solo esthetician, a lot of people struggle with that. I've gotten messages from newer solo estheticians who say things to me like, I wish I could be more like you. You're not afraid to just like be yourself. And I'm so afraid of scaring people away. I think a lot of us get so trapped in our own head and try to appeal to everybody, right? Try to tone it down a little bit. We end up taking a lot of our true personality out because our mindset is so like, this is a business, keep it professional. And yet I totally agree with that to an extent. But when you are a solo esthetician, you are your business. Like I am Woodbury Wax Bar, like that is, Woodbury Wax Bar is me. It's just me. There's nobody else there. And the same goes for you and Drop Dead Gorgeous. And I feel like really leaning into that and embracing that for you has helped you get to where you are. A hundred percent. And I will say even to that effect that I think that you show your best face forward a lot of the time. And I think when starting out, it was like a lot of like definite people pleasing a lot like to an extent that even more so than I normally would and now I am in a point where I've been in business for you know over a year almost a year and a half now and things are only getting better for me but now I feel even more comfortable like showing even more of who I am because I felt that it was there already but now I'm getting even more comfortable and you'll see like the art on my walls changing and like me kind of just revealing a little bit more of who I really am and sometimes I'm a lot more spicy than people see and I want people to know that that exists within me and that it's not always just like pink rainbows and butterflies and sparkly unicorns like sometimes 
I can be crabby too, or I can be spicy and have an attitude. And it's like, we're all human here. But I think I've been able to become even more real and relatable as of lately because of the fact that I no longer feel like, you know, like you had said earlier, that I have to necessarily be so much of a people pleaser that I'm just drawing in anybody for any type of service. Like, now it's like, okay, like, what is Cody really about? And do I align with those values? And, like, do I think that he is worthy of, like, my time as a client? And it's like, I hope so. But, again, I'm not going to be for everyone, just like you're not for everyone. And that's okay. And I think that's another huge topic that we could probably talk about all day long. But, yeah, it's okay not to be for everyone. I repeat. (laughs) And I think it's scary, though. It is scary to put your authentic self out there and to say, not everybody's going to like this. Because we, I think, especially starting out as business owners, the thought is, I need people to like what I'm putting out there so they want to come to my business and give me their money. Like, I need to be well-liked in order to be successful. But what we don't realize is that people will like you more the more authentic you can be in your business. It might not be as many people, but the ones who do like you will like you so much more. And I think that's really how you do create those, like, quote-unquote, raving fans that people talk about. And I know that you have a lot of those for your business. Absolutely. I think it's very much the people who are my regulars and my most loyal clients. They're the people who, when you come in the door, it's like real talk. Like, we can just be super real with each other. And, you know, another thing, too, about just, like, me and my business in general is that I have always tried to just, like, really show people, like, this is, this, like, who you're seeing versus, like, on social media and in person is pretty much identical because <laughs> I just like I like to have fun I like to be quirky and I like to be bubbly and I love all of those things but I think another you know aspect for me is like again building on this like the brand that I've created and how it doesn't necessarily fit the quote like the status quo of the beauty industry but like that's how I show up myself as just like I'm weird and I'm not the normal and that's okay and like that's my whole like benchmark that I want to create is like letting people know I'm not the norm you don't need to be the norm and that's okay and I think that is why people do relate so well is because they're just like you know if you've ever felt like you're not a normal person or if you feel like you just don't fit in it's okay but rarely is that ever seen in the beauty industry because it's all about keeping up appearances and looking the best and like photoshopping and all of this stuff that just like actually is so counterproductive in my opinion and i think too as coming less from the client side and more from the business owner side i think your happiness as a business owner increases dramatically when you're able to show up as your authentic self. Like not only are you attracting the people that are right for you, but you're being more true to yourself. And if I was kind of a scaled back version of myself and trying to appeal to a wider audience and just kind of watering myself down on my social media, when my clients came in, they would expect that version of me. So then I would have to keep up that act of like not talking about some of the topics that we get into while I'm waxing. Like, I would be putting out a version of myself in the treatment room that wasn't real either because that's what would match my social media. So I think Mm -hmm. that the way that you're doing things probably helps elevate your, not only your success, but your fulfillment and the sense of pride and ownership that you feel of your own business because you are able to just be you. And it not only does it work, 
but people love it. We're all happier that way, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Because it would really suck to have to put on a face just to go to work or to be, you know, something that you're not. Again, this is another topic we could talk about all day, but I think it does help to be yourself as much as possible because then you find so much more joy in your job depending on who you ask everyone's got a different opinion on it but at the end of the day I want to be comfortable and this is what makes me feel good and my clients don't seem to mind me just being myself so therefore I'm not changing anything period and I think a lot of that like even appearance wise goes into you don't want to have to be in this room for eight hours a day trying to be somebody that you're not or putting out an energy that's that you can't even relate to like I don't want to not be able to know the person that I am at work like I want that person to be and I mean obviously like as business owners we have to wear a lot of hats right but I just mean in general like I don't want to have to take my brain out and put it in a jar just to get through my work day and then you know become myself again on my drive home I think that's really important and I think that a lot of especially new to the industry people have a hard time with because mm -hmm. it's scary oh yeah yeah and I think a part of branding and building a successful brand also comes from knowing who you are more than almost anything because if you have a specific perspective or point of view that's gonna resonate with the specific clientele and crowd that you're trying to attract but if you don't know who you are or you're still figuring it out, I think that can be difficult because, you know, you may be a really great person, you may be extremely talented at what you're doing, but if you don't know how to sell yourself, I think that can be a challenge for a lot of new people who are starting out. Which I think goes hand in hand with, with something else that we'll probably end up talking about as an episode, which is starting aesthetics as a second career and how a lot of the time being a quote-unquote older esthetician. I say that again in air quotes because as somebody who's 32 I don't feel old. 32 is not old but in an industry where a lot of business professionals are 20 years old um, I, I think it's a topic worth covering but I think a lot of that goes hand in hand with like knowing who you are. If your sense of st self is still very fluid especially like in your early 20s I think a lot of that translates into how you show up and like you were saying the ability to sell yourself which is crucial when you are the business like right. you don't have well I, I'll just speak for myself I don't have a marketing team I don't have anybody helping me or doing any of this for me and I think I've gotten a lot further with it because I am older absolutely and you know, not to crap on anyone who's younger because you are the future and you know what? It's amazing to see people who have figured it out and know exactly what they want to do. I think that's extremely inspiring and definitely deserving of snaps for you. Um, but I think there also is something to be said for being older. But anyway... I kind of want to speak to my background of how I grew up and how that has given me the perspective I have now in my business. So um, this is a little bit of a backstory about me, but I grew up in the northern suburbs of Minnesota and um, it took me a long time for me to find myself, my true happy authentic self. And I grew up with a father who is very much the poster child for masculinity 
And I grew up around a lot of men who were very masculine as well. So I struggled with my identity and how I fit into society as a queer man. And I think that there's no right or wrong way to do that, but I felt very oppressed in the sense of I wanted to explore maybe other things or like when I was in high school, like I dressed in like plaid and jeans and I like never tried to like stand out. I never wanted to stand out. I just wanted to fit in because I knew kids who did stand out. I knew there was like maybe one other kid in my high school who identified as gay and he was picked on and bullied all the time. And so for me it was about making sure that my voice sounded deeper and I stood up straight and I didn't act too excited and there was just so many little things that I held back from because I didn't want to be teased or bullied for. In my younger 20s, um, I still carried a lot of those things with me and I think it made me very resentful and kind of a bitchy person for lack of a better word. And I think I took it out on everyone because inside I, I didn't know how to internalize like all of the things I was conditioned for when I was growing up. And so I specifically remember like having a friend who started doing drag and I remember telling him that that was... Um, really embarrassing and that I thought that it was awful and all this stuff and it's because of that conditioned hatred and that conditioned like hate I had for myself and all of that. Now looking back it's like oh my gosh how embarrassing of me because now drag is like one of my favorite things in the entire world but what I'm trying to get at is the fact that I have now been able to explore all the facets of who I am and what makes me truly happy. So if you've ever seen or if you start to follow my page, you will know that pink is a very big color in my color scheme of how I do everything. And the reason why everything is so pink is because that was my subtle way of saying fuck you to every single person who ever made me feel like I couldn't just be myself. And so this is my safe space and this is my sanctuary and this is me protecting my peace and who I am as a person. I love the color pink. I love being feminine. I love everything about all of that. And I feel like I can finally be myself and I'm in a place where I feel celebrated for that. And I just hope that more men who are out there, regardless of your sexual orientation, just can feel so much more comfortable in spaces where you don't have to be a manly man all the time. You can show emotions, you can go and get a pedicure, you can go and do all of these things because that's okay. We have just been conditioned since we were born to think that men can only like certain things or do certain things. And then we have other people who uphold those values and those systems to then reinforce that and make us feel bad. Or like you're with your friends and it's like, you know, you can't tell your friend you love him because that's weird. But like, at the same time, it's like, that's how you really feel though. And I think it takes a really comfortable and confident person who knows themselves to be able to do those things. And I think the most attractive thing about a man that he can do is just be himself and enjoy the things he wants to enjoy. And knowing that that's okay, it's okay. And it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, bi, or anything in between. You can just be who you are, like the things you like, and that's okay. You should never feel judged for it because I've lived that life and it really sucks and it's very unhappy. And now I'm living my best life and all the things that have happened for me since doing that is unimaginable, like in all the best ways possible. How do you think we can encourage more men to feel safe 
entering the aesthetics world, whether it's from the client side or the professional side? So I think the the biggest thing that I would ideally like to see out there in the beauty world, whether it's people in my area or just around the globe in general, is just offering more inclusive services. Um, I think that by offering those services, for example, if a guy is like looking to get a service done for his partner for say like Valentine's Day or whatever, and like just going on a website and seeing like there's like there's services that that I could do as well, and it doesn't always have to be like for men. Honestly, a big pet peeve of mine, <laughs> truthfully, <laughs> is when there's a separate menu for men. I honestly hate that so much so sorry to anyone listening who has that but my thing is is like I understand that there is this wanting to create a a comfortable space for men however I think we need to take it further a step and just understand that services in general should just be for both now when it comes to waxing that may be a little bit of a different topic and a different discussion however skincare as far as I'm concerned everyone who has a face can use a facial and you know products that are being used the way they smell should not determine what gender that service is for so sorry if you're looking for a sandalwood and smoked ash facial it's not going to come from me um all the men who see me they all get the same products as women it's the same thing because i'm treating your skin and as far as all my other services lash lifting lash lifts can be done on men as well lash lifts i have done them many times and that's totally cool. Um, and as far as brows go, men, if you're listening to this, you need your brows done. I'm sorry, but you do. A period. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, honestly, ultimately it's about making you feel better. Um, and I think that empowering you um, through just a service as small as like a brow cleanup like, is super cool because it's like now you get to leave and you get to feel good too. This industry was very much geared towards women, but I think that now, especially today, we can talk more about how it should be for everyone. And it doesn't matter if you are cisgendered male or if you're trans or anything. These services are for all bodies. And um, I think it's just really important. And if you are a male out there considering joining the beauty industry, you may find that it can be a little bit more difficult in the beginning, but it is absolutely needed. And I think that perspective is wonderful. And I do know quite a, a number of people, not in my state, who do services, who inspire me so much and are honestly creating awesome spaces for all people to be able to enjoy these services. So I hope that one day we can all just, men, women, and everyone else can all just enjoy these services and that it's no longer like a taboo thing for men. Like self-care is important. And even though we weren't conditioned to think that when we were kids, because I know I wasn't for sure. Like I didn't know how to wash my face even. Like I used Noxema pads and (laughs) destroyed my skin. Um, But Yeah, I just think that if you're out there and you're passionate and you want to do something creative, I think this is a great outlet. And I hope maybe hopefully someone hears this and feels inspired to want to join the industry or maybe go get a service done. I really hope that happens. That's everything that I could have ever dreamed of. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, so one thing that I do want to finish with, I want to ask everybody that I interview the same general question. And the question is something along the lines of, 
If there was one thing that you wish you had known before you opened Drop Dead Gorgeous, or if you could go back and change one thing, or if you had to give one piece of advice to somebody who's brand new, what do you think the one thing would be? And obviously it's so hard to narrow it down, but... Well, since I have the airtime right now to speak my truth, um, I want to say that the one thing I wish I would have done sooner was just listen to my heart and follow my gut and my passion to opening this business. I do think that it was great for me to go into a job, an entry-level esthetician job, starting out, so that way I could learn a lot about just the industry in general, what I wanted, what I didn't want, but I also knew when I went to school what I was passionate about, and it was skincare. So why didn't I do skincare right away? It's because I wanted to just get my foot in the door, and I didn't know what the job market looked like. There's a lot of things. And I also want to just touch real quick on the fact that, and the reason why I chose to say this, is that there are a few people out there who have tried to talk me away from doing what I'm doing now. And as much as I would love to say that they made me stronger and this is just a big, you know, whatever, no, it really ate away at me and it really hurt my feelings and made me feel very small. And so I just want people to know that no matter who you are, what your background is, where you're from, or how much money you have, you can do this if you are truly passionate and this is where your heart is, you can do it and you should never ever listen to anyone who says otherwise because they don't know you, they don't know your power, your potential, and what you can do. So I say tune out the haters and follow your passion. That's so amazing. That's so perfect. Honestly, in my head, if I had planned like the perfect first episode to record with like an in-person guest, I could not have asked for anything more perfect. Okay. I think this is wonderful. Good. I love your answers to all the questions. You're so thoughtful and like well-spoken and have clearly put a lot of time and energy into just the structure around all of these more complex thoughts and mm -hmm. I really really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful podcast and I'm excited to see where it goes. And there you have it. That was my first ever live guest podcast episode recording. So again, huge shout out to Cody John for sharing so much of himself and his story with us. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes every week. I'm going to be having some really exciting guests on in the coming weeks. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll be doing some solo episodes as well, um, just about topics related to the aesthetics field. So if you enjoyed, be sure to subscribe. And if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world to me. But that is it for this week. I'm at Woodbury Wax Bar on Instagram if you want to connect. Otherwise, I will talk to you all next week.